And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. Share the hope. Uh, good to see you all this morning. I'm Josh, one of the pastors here at New Covenant, and I'm just so glad you're all here this morning. And my prayer for all of us is that we would receive this morning, not from uh, a man, not from the things that I say, but that the Holy Spirit uh, would speak to you today, that you would receive something from the Lord that you need today. And uh, I hope you came expecting this morning. If you haven't come expecting, I hope you start expecting right now. Because here's the thing, if you show up and you don't expect anything, you're probably not going to get much out of this morning. So I hope that you came expecting that your life would be changed, that God would minister to you, that he would speak something into your heart today, and that you would be encouraged to share the hope. Amen? But Anna read a scripture last week out of 1 Peter chapter 3, and I'd like to open that up uh, this morning and read out of 1 Peter 3, verse 13 uh, to 17. You'll see it on the screen, or you can follow along if you have a Bible. It says, Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it's better to suffer for doing good, if, it, if that is what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. So this morning, there are so many things uh, we could probably talk about in that passage of Scripture, and we're only going to talk about three things. Everybody say three things. Three things. As I was just reading through that right now, it's like, oh man, I wish I could talk about that, but I don't have time today. Um, so you're going to have to go back and study and look at this Scripture, grab a study guide out front, download the app on your phone, dig into this Scripture uh, this week for yourselves, because I pray that you do that. Um, if, if, if all you're getting uh, during the week is what you're getting on Sunday morning, that's a great start, but it can't and shouldn't end there. Uh, go home and read your word for yourself. Align what I'm saying and say, hey, is Josh really telling me the truth? I'm doing the best that I can, but I am a person and sometimes I make mistakes. So go home and check the Bible out for yourself and read it. Amen? Amen. It's a little quiet in here, so let me encourage you this week to go home and read your Bible. All right, so I want to talk about three things this morning. But before I do that, I want to define uh, what this word hope means. We've been talking about, you know, share the hope and hope. And a lot of times hope just means for people, oh, I wish something would happen, right? Like it's like a dream or a wish or like, oh, it'd be really nice. I hope that happens, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Is that kind of how you've defined hope? Well, here's how we define hope when we talk about the Bible and reading some of these things, is that it is a confident expectation. Someone say confident expectation. Confident. So it's a confident expectation that God is going to do what he promised to do. That is what we hope in. We hope in Jesus. We hope that what God has promised to do 
he will do. Okay, so let me break it down for you. How many of you know when Jesus Christ died on the cross, that before he died on the cross, he was beaten and he was whipped and he was punished? Why would he take stripes on his back? Why would he be beaten within an inch of his life? So that our iniquity, so that our sin could be forgiven. Why else? So that we could be made whole and we could be made, we could be 100% healed. Amen? He died for us. He took stripes on his back so we could be healed. He desires for us to live a whole life. James 5.16 says, uh, confess your sins to each other and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man avails much. The Message Bible says is a powerful force to be reckoned with. So what has Jesus done for you? He says, hey, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another and you'll be made whole. You'll be healed from the inside out. He took stripes on his back for our physical healing. Amen? And so we have this hope, not that, oh, I hope, you know, it would be nice if God would heal me or it would be nice if this sin would leave my life or it would be nice. If... No, it's not that. It's a confident expectation that what God said he would do, he has promised to do, he is going to do it. That's the hope that we have. That's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, that what he says he will do, he will do. Amen? We find the hope. Hope finds its strength in the faithfulness of God. Hope finds its strength in the faithfulness of God. God is always faithful to us. Whether we're faithful to him or not, he is always faithful to us. And so we can have a confident expectation. We can have a confident expectation that what God has promised to, the, promised to us that he will do, that he will do. And so I want to talk this morning, the first thing I want to talk about is this, is that sometimes we suffer for doing what's right. So we're going to open up our Share the Hope talk this morning about suffering, all right? So sometimes we suffer even when we're doing good. How many of you have ever done something good and you suffered a consequence because of it? You suffered because of you, of you doing something good. How many of you have, have, have had suffering, uh, distress in your life, and you had no idea where it came from? You didn't ask for it. You didn't do anything good, bad, or otherwise. You just all of a sudden find yourself in distress, find yourself suffering. Anybody? Where are you? Can I get a, can I get a hand wave? All right. So all of us, we are human, right? And, and so he says, he says that um, in this scripture, he says this. Even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So here's the thing. Today we're talking about hope. We're talking about sharing the hope. Maybe you're sitting in these seats today and you don't have much hope in your life. Maybe you say, there's just not much for me to hope in. There's suffering going on. There's distress in my life. Like you want me to share the hope, but I don't even feel all that hopeful. Well, I got good news for you. It's more than a feeling. Hope is more than a feeling. It's a confident expectation that God will do what he has promised to do. And we're going to read some scriptures that our only hope is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So maybe you're going through something today. Maybe you're, it's a season of going through something and you're suffering. I got good news for you. You're going through it. You know, when you're climbing a mountain, everybody likes to be on top and everybody likes the view from on top and everything is great and I accomplished this thing. But to get to that other mountain, you got to go down through a valley. And sometimes we go through valleys in life. We go through dark times. We go through times of suffering. But I have good news for you and for me that in this world, you will have trouble. Here comes the good news. But be of good cheer. 
Because Jesus, for I have overcome the world. John 16, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So when you suffer for good, when you suffer for no reason at all, know that Jesus Christ is with you. Know that he is your hope for glory. He is the only hope that you have. And you say, well, I can figure this out on my own. I can do this on my own strength. No, you can't. You're not that strong. I can't do it on my own strength. You can't do it on your own strength. The only hope that we have is in Jesus Christ. Think about, I want you to take a second. You can stop listening to me here in a second, but think. I want you to think about all the good things that God has done for you. No matter what you're going through, no matter how bleak it looks, no matter how you feel, think right now about some good things that Jesus Christ has done for you. Go ahead, think about it. I want to see some thinking faces. What has he done for you? What has he done for you? Yeah, but Josh, I'm still suffering. And, there's still, and I get that, and I understand that, and we'll be praying for that, and God will get you through that. But in the meantime, remember all of his benefits. Remember all of the things that he has done for us. And as you walk through that dark time, as you walk through that, know that Jesus Christ never leaves us and never forsakes us. He never turns his back on you, ever, I mean, that's a promise. He will never leave you or forsake you. Well, I feel like he's left me or forsaken me. No, you can have a confident expectation that he will do what he said he will do. And he said he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. So he was with you through the good times and through the bad. He's with you in the valleys down low and in the mountaintops up high. He will never leave you or forsake you. So when we have this feeling of hopelessness, it can do one of two things. It can do one of two things. It can drive us closer to God or it can drive us farther away from him. Let me read you a scripture in 2 Corinthians 7. I'm gonna read it out of the Message Bible this morning. It says this, distress, everybody say distress. Distress Distress that drives us to God does that. It turns us around. It gets us back in the way of salvation. We never regret that kind of pain. But those who let distress drive them away from God are full of regrets and they end up on a deathbed of regrets. And now, isn't it wonderful? Someone say wonderful. Isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress has goaded you closer to God? You're more alive, more concerned, more sensitive, more reverent, more human, more passionate, more responsible. Looked at from any angle, you've come out of this with purity of heart. Man, I don't know if you're understanding what this scripture is telling us this morning. It's telling us that when we suffer, when there's distress in our life, when we have feelings of hopelessness, that it can drive us away from God or it can drive us towards God. That's what it can do. You can start blaming God for all of the things that are going wrong. God, I thought you loved me. Where were you? I now have all these doubts. And there's nothing wrong with having a doubt. There's nothing wrong with having that thought. But don't take it any farther than that. Say, no, I know that my God will never leave me and he'll never forsake me. I know that he loves me. I know that Proverbs 3 tells me that if I trust the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding, and if all my ways I acknowledge him, he will direct my paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, like that is a promise. Lean not on your own understanding, amen? And so in those times, we have a choice. Do I get closer to God or do I allow myself to drift farther away from him? And I love this scripture. It says, here's what happens when we're stressed. Here's what happens when suffering happens. Here's what happens when we have that feeling of hopelessness. It brings us closer to God and brings us back to salvation. 
And I like this. It says that we become more passionate. We could use a little more passion in here this morning. It makes us more alive. It makes us more alive. It makes us more human. When we suffer and go through things, it makes us more human. Because all have sin and fall short of the glory of God. All of us are suffering at one time or another. It makes you human. Wait, you mean I didn't necessarily do anything wrong? Like God's not punished me? No. You're human. You're going through something, but God will never leave you or forsake you. I like that. You're more concerned. You're more sensitive. You're more reverent. That's what God does. He brings us through those things and makes us more alive. When I was told six, seven years ago that I have an incurable disease, that I have diabetes, that I'm not ever going to get better, that it can never leave my body because it has to stay with me until the day I die. I know in heaven there'll be no more weeping or crying, no more sickness, no more death, none of that stuff. But while I'm on earth, they say you get to have it forever and there's lots of complications, so deal with it. You know how I came out of that? I didn't come out of that. I was a little bummed out. And the doctor told me I was a little, I don't know if I got full on depressed, but I was a little sad about it. I probably was a little depressed about it. Never go to the doctor, never go anywhere, never have, now I got to see eye doctors and they got to dilate my eyes and I got to the doc all the time and all this stuff enters my life. I was not happy about it. It was not encouraging to me, but you know what? I came through it and I recognized and I realized, you know what? I'm going to live every single day as if it's my last day. Because here's the thing, whether you have diabetes or not, whether you have an incurable disease or not, whether you have something going on in your life right now or not, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. None of us are guaranteed. So that suffering brought me out and realized I am more human than I thought I was. But it also brought me out more passionate than I've ever been because I only have so much time on this earth just like you. And it came to the, I came to the realization that said, what am I doing with my time, with my energy, with my focus? It makes you more reverent. It makes you more responsible. I've had to work out more and eat right now because of the suffering that I've had to go through. But it's been good for me as a person. Do you see how that works out? And we see that suffering and say, oh, I'm just so bad and there's all these things wrong with me. No, you're going through it, but you're going to come out of it even better. You know how they purify gold? They purify gold by sticking it in the fire. They stick it in the fire. They apply some high, high heat, lots of stress, right? Lots of suffering. I mean, gold doesn't have feeling, but I mean, that's what it is. And it melts, becomes liquid, and then all the impurities float to the top. They scrape off all the impurities until all that you're left with is gold. And that's what they're saying. You've been purified. Your life's been purified through the fire, through those trials. So when you have feelings of hopelessness, know this. You'll come out the other side with a story to tell. Listen to me. You'll come out the other side able to share the hope. That's the message because you went into it and you suffered and things went on in your life, but now you have a story to tell. That's what the scripture in 1 Peter 3 is saying. It's saying you're going to suffer. You're suffering for doing what is right. You're suffering for God. He says this, if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Always be ready to explain your hope. Look at Colossians 1. 
God decided to let his people know this rich and glorious secret which he has for all people. The secret is Christ himself who is in you. He is our only hope for glory. So we continue to preach Christ to each person using all wisdom to warn and to teach everyone in order to bring each one into God's presence as a mature person in Christ. And to do this, I work and struggle using Christ's great strength that works so powerfully in me. So here we have this portion of scripture and Paul's writing is saying, listen, Jesus is our only hope. How many of you believe that this morning? Come on, how many of us believe that this morning? That Jesus is our only hope. The government is not our hope. Your job is not your hope. Your spouse is not your hope. Your relationships are not your hope. The only hope, the only thing that we can have confident expectation that says they promised to do it and they're gonna do it is in Jesus Christ. He is our only hope. He's the only hope for glory. He's the only hope for salvation. He's the only hope for eternal life with God the Father who created us. He's the only hope that we have to bring us out of the suffering. He's the only hope that we have to, to clear our mind and to clear our thoughts and to give us a new lease on life. Jesus is our only hope. He died once for all. Amen? And then Paul says we continue to tell everyone about Jesus and the good things that he has done. I got news for you this morning. There is power in your story. There is power in your story. I just told you a little bit ago about my diabetes, and some of you are like, wow, I had no idea. Maybe you're going through that. Maybe you have something. There's power in story, amen? There's power in your story. What you have to say, because of what you have gone through, you have hope that you get to share with those around you. And we look at those things and we're embarrassed about what has happened or we're ashamed of what we've been through. But let me tell you something, that there is no condemnation, there is no guilt, there is no shame in Jesus Christ. You are sanctified, you are bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Old things have passed away according to 2 Corinthians 5.17 and all things have been made new. Amen? That's who we are. We have hope inside of us. Your story can resonate in the lives of other people. Your story can resonate, connect hearts in the lives of other people. And here's the thing about resonance. It causes change. When something connects with you, your heart, your life it changes. When you heard the message of the gospel and something on the inside of you went bing, that's it. It forever changed your life. Let me give you a scientific definition of resonance. You ready? Sure. It's on the screen. It's a fun one. Resonance occurs when an object's natural vibration frequency responds to an external stimulus of the same frequency. So have you guys ever heard of a tuning fork? It looks like a little, you know, a little metal thing. It's got a little prong. You smack that thing, and there's a frequency. Anybody know what that frequency is? 440. It's an A, right? So you hit that, and you're saying, what do you mean it's an A? Like on a, a bass or a guitar or a piano, you hit an A, right? You play an A. That's what it, you smack it, and bing. I mean, I'm not A. Believe me, I don't know what that was. But <laughs> it, it makes a noise, right? And so here's this frequency. The metal, don't ask me how it works, okay? I don't know. Um, but it, it's, it's vibrating. There's frequency in there, and it's making a noise, and that's an A. When you pick up a dial tone, like back in the day when you have like landlines and different stuff, and you pick it up, do you know what note that is? It's an A. 
Danelle's like, I still have one. Good, pick it up later. And listen, it's an A, right? So um, it's a 440. So frequency, all right? So I want to show you a video. Um, and this is what the video is. There's a metal plate, black metal plate, and someone puts salt on this metal plate, okay? They put salt on this plate, and they hook it up to an amplifier, and then they start putting frequency. I just told you 440 was an A. They start low, and, and they continue to move up. And I want you to watch what happens to the salt. And now the sound booth has asked if we could have a little bit of sound. Um, if any of you have any hearing aid or you have very sensitive ears, you might want to plug it. This is frequency. Uh, it might be a little annoying, or it might be awesome. But check out what happens when the frequency is changed. Check this out. All right, that's the end of the video. So is that okay for everybody's ears? All right. So did you hear that uh, it was, you hear the frequency going up, 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 and then all of a sudden it like disappeared, then it kind of came back. How many of you were like, I heard none of that. Um, I'm, I'm over 35. How many? Okay, so, um, so <laughs> 55, 65, you heard it all? All right, we've got a 63-year-old heard it all. Not all of it, but most of it's not all of it. All right, so, um, so that's resonance. So you see the change that occurred once, once that metal plate, it hit a certain frequency, and then all those, the salt and the grains, it all like lined up and made different designs. And you notice, like it would all kind of be fuzzy, and then all of a sudden it hit the right frequency, and it all line up. And then it all kind of be fuzzy again, and you hit that right sequence, and it would all just kind of line up. What's the point? Why are you showing me this video and trying to put uh, science into our message this morning? Well, here's the thing. If you and I, if we adjust to the frequency of others. If you and I adjust and are empathetic and sensitive and listen for what's going on inside of someone else's life, if we adjust to the frequency of others so that the message of the gospel resonates deeply within them, they will open their lives to hear about the hope that you have and their lives will change. Let me say it again, if you adjust to the frequency of others so that the message of the gospel resonates deeply within them, they will be open to hear about the hope that you have and their lives will change. Their lives will change. Adjust to the frequency of others. Be sensitive to what others are going through and what's going on in their lives. A few months ago, I walked in uh, to a place that I go to in the morning. I go to the rec center and there's someone working there and you could tell they had a sad face, but I obviously had ignored that for a second. I'm like, hey, how's it going? I see him every day. It's just kind of an automatic thing. It's five in the morning. I'm like, hey, how's it going, right? And it's like, oh, you're sad. Like there was a long look on their face. They weren't doing what they were normally doing. And I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, my dad and my brother passed away this past week. Different times. And, you know, it's five in the morning. I'm not... I'm not thinking a lot, but at least I had the wherewithal to just kind of look at this person and just say, I'm sorry. I got no words. Is there anything I can do for you? And they said, well, you can pray. So I prayed, and I said, I'll be praying. 
I didn't want to stand there a long time. I could tell this individual was welling up a little bit and kind of want to kind of looked at me like, okay, you can leave now. Just trying to tune into the frequency. And I was, I left. And as the weeks have gone by, I've been able to talk to this individual and see him more often and, and just ask, hey, how you doing? And how are things? And anything I can do for you? Is there anything that you need? And, and, uh, and they said this last time I talked to them, they said, you know, I was thinking I need to get back to church. And they're like, I know that's what I'm missing. I know I need to be there. I know there's people there that care about me and love me and are there for me. And I just, I need to get back to some people who love me and care about me. And I didn't say a lot. I didn't need to, you know, quote her scriptures and just say, oh, don't worry. You'll meet with them in heaven. Some meet up with them again in heaven someday. And don't worry. You know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You'll be fine. You know, we like to say these things to comfort people. And really all it does is annoy them. I mean, you're going through a hard time and someone's like, oh, the joy of the Lord your strength. You'll be fine. It's like, oh, okay, thanks for that, right? Tune into the frequency of where people are at. Think about where they're at. Empathize with them. What would you feel like if you were walking a mile in their shoes, right? And listen to them and say things when necessary. Maybe you say to yourself, but yeah, Josh, I don't know what to say. Like, it's awkward for me. Like, if someone starts crying, I'm just gonna be like, uh, here's a tissue, I'll see you later, right? I mean, it's awkward. I don't, know what to, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Like, everything just sounds kind of cheesy or wrong. Well, that's when we rely on the Holy Spirit to give us the words to say. And we say, I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm a pastor. I, I stand up here and speak in front of you guys, and that's part of what I do, you know, for a living. And I didn't have the words to say, and that's okay. You say, I don't have words for you right now, but I'll pray for you. You know, and as we talk more and other things, as time went on and things are getting better, you say, I don't know what to say. Well, here's the thing. The enemy, I think it's on the screen. The enemy of persuasion is obscurity. I don't know if it's on there. Here it is. The enemy of persuasion is obscurity. So here's what I mean by that. If we have hope that we want to tell others and they find themselves in a hopeless place. Now, we're not trying to manipulate. We're not trying to coerce. But if we don't know what we're talking about, how can we successfully share the hope with others? Now, we might say someone's going through something and you say, well, what works for me is Jesus. And that is true and that is the right answer, but it's pretty obscure. It's pretty obscure just to say like, well, you just need Jesus. And they're looking at you like, what's that even mean? Like, what do you mean I need Jesus? Like, I heard about Jesus, but he's just like a prophet or this or whatever. Well, to you, he's the Messiah, right? And you say, well, I think Jesus could help. It's like, well, what is Jesus? Can I hug Jesus? Like, is Jesus a shoulder to cry on? Like, what does that even mean? And so while it's true and it's absolutely correct, it's a little vague. It's a little obscure. And so that's why it's important to tell a story. That's why it's important to tell your story. What story about your life needs to be told? And why are you telling it? Know the hope that is in you is there so that you can tell a compelling story. If you say Jesus is my hope, that is true, but it's pretty obscure. It's probably not going to resonate with someone. That's why telling your story is powerful. And listen, it doesn't have to be complicated. When you're telling your story, you can use something that's worked for the ages. It worked for Shakespeare. It worked for the people that make movies today. It's as simple as this. You got a likable, relatable person, a character. In this case, it's you and me, who encounters some hard times, some struggles. Anybody here ever struggled, been through a hard time? 
a character, an individual, a person who has had some hard times and suffered through some things, but they emerged transformed. They emerged changed. And that's what a story is. And so I asked Amber, she's sitting right here in the front. I asked Amber, I said, Amber, would you come in? I'm giving her those three things. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about some of the roadblocks, the struggles you've had, and how you've been transformed because of it. Check out her story. Hi, my name is Amber. I've been coming to New Covenant for almost a year now, and this is a little bit about me. My first, I think, push towards learning who God is is when my oldest son, Aiden, was born 11 weeks early. Um, he was in the hospital for quite a while and never really had any major issues like I was always told he would. And that was one of the first times during that period of time that I actually myself prayed. In 2013, when I was going through my divorce, I was questioning a lot of the decisions that I was making personally. Were they the right choices? Was I doing what was best for my kids, for my family? And shortly after all of that happened, I found out that I had cervical cancer and all of that kind of ended up with me not being able to have kids anymore, which answered one of the bigger questions I always asked is why I had kids so young, why didn't I wait? That question was answered because if I wouldn't have had them when I did, I would not have my awesome kids. Through all of those hard times, I, like I said, I did question a lot about faith and what the big picture was, what the point of things was, and in all of my many trips to Fort Dodge, I always see this new covenant sign um, just kind of pulling me in, and I never really thought a whole lot about it, but it just was always in the back of my mind. And one night I just decided to Google it and see what it was all about. And I did, and I found out that they offered online services. And you could watch the services online, and somebody dealing with social anxiety, new people, new places really freaked me out. And it was just awesome to know that I could get that experience. I was totally that person sitting on my couch in my pajamas, drinking my coffee, watching the service. I reached out shortly after I started watching online, sent a message that I had appreciated that, and I got this really awesome message back saying, hey, reach out to us, we want to get together over coffee, if you need anything, let us know. And that in and of itself kind of made me feel even more welcome. And finally, New Year rolls around, I decided, New Year, new me. I loaded my boys up in the car and I said, we're going to church, guys. And the second I walked in the door, I hear, hi, Amber, and it's Josh walking up to me, I guess he recognized me from Facebook, a little weird, I was like, oh, you're a real person. Um, but he introduced me to a couple of people and while the anxiety was really high and it was super nerve wracking, it was also one of the most comfortable places I think I have ever been. It's just been an awesome experience and especially with the new release of the album, Share the Hope. Like I said, music is huge to me and that is how I connect. I don't connect to people very well, but I connect to music and to songs. And there's one song in particular on the album, uh, Now to Him, the lyric of no heart has gone too far, you finish what you start, I know you're faithful, I know you won't let go, all that. Um, that is my hope, 
that I know my God is not going to let me go and that he's going to be faithful and he's going to continue my journey growing to know more about him through this church and through all of the awesome people that I have met. Another way that God has been super awesome and faithful in my hope on this journey is I finally was able to muster up the courage to join a community group this last month and I have met some pretty awesome people through that and they've really helped me start to come out of my shell a little bit more and just really want to learn even more and they are accepting of the fact that I don't know everything that I feel like I should know and they make me feel comfortable with where I'm at and are helping me on that journey to get me to where I feel like I need to be. So like I said, I, I gave her those three things and she hit on, on so much. You know, we were walking down the hall and I was like, you know, you talked about like the billboard and you talked about the album and you talked about groups and you talked about all this stuff and it was like, you know, it's like I was thinking maybe you'd talk about how Jesus transformed your life. She's like, but he's the one who brought me here. Like he's the one who led me here and he's the one, you know, who put these people in my life and put that song in my life and put the, you know, and so it's just an amazing testimony. I remember her telling me uh, a little while ago that her, her sons, she came home and her sons were playing church and they were saying, church isn't over when the service ends. And, uh, and, and so it's just cool to see God transform hearts and transform lives. And uh, I don't want you to think we were trying, I was trying to set her up and say, talk about all the good things that New Covenant is doing. That's not it at all. She got plugged in and found some great people because the church is more than a building. It's more than a place. It's you and I, amen? And we are the church together. And so I thank Amber for sharing that with us. But we're all like Amber. We're all relatable, likable people who have been through some tough times, but we've emerged transformed. Amen? And the last thing I like in these scriptures, and I'm almost done. Bear with me just a couple more minutes. Out of First Peter uh, 3, they said, If someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. And then he says this, But do this in a gentle and respectful way. I think sometimes we miss that part. Be gentle and respectful. Look at uh, what Colossians chapter 4 says. It says, be wise in the way you act with people who are not believers. You, you see this? Be wise with the way you act with people who are not believers, who do not know Jesus, who are not followers of Jesus Christ, making the most of every opportunity. When you talk, you should always, someone say always. always. You should always be kind and pleasant so you will be able to answer everyone in the way you should. You know, I like that. It's always be kind, always be pleasant. And then it didn't say, and then you'll have all the right answers and you'll say everything correct. But it says, then you'll respond in the way you should. Then you'll respond with the heart and the attitude that you should have. You ever heard it said that you can say the right thing in the wrong way and you're wrong? I mean, it's the same thing, kind of thing. You can go online and you can rant and rave and all kinds of unpleasantness and unkindness can come out of your fingertips and onto the screen. And if you hit post, you're not doing what this scripture's asked us to do. So if you need to write it out, if you need to text it, if you need to write it down, do that, but then destroy it, hit delete. Hit backspace, 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 whatever. <laughs> write it in a journal and cross it out. Get it off your chest, but don't post it. 
Because it says we should always, man, that's a, that sounds like all the time, always. I mean, I don't know how, what your interpretation of the word always is, but I feel like that means like all the time, always, like every time we talk, we should be pleasant and kind. Ouch. That's a good thing to be thinking about. And if you got something unpleasant to say, bite your tongue, cross your fingers, go home, write it out, think about it, pray about it, give it to God and say, all right, I'm going to move on now. I'm not going to do that. Look at, look at 2 Timothy 2. It says gently. Everybody say gently. Gently instruct those, instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. And then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Check this out. You and I in our gentleness, you and I in our state of compassion and empathy and kindness, our forgiving selves, when there are those who oppose the truth of the gospel or oppose the things that you say, we can still gently instruct them. Why would we do that? Well, perhaps God will change their hearts and that the devil's grip would no longer be on them, but that they would experience freedom. So here's the cool thing. The way we talk to others, the way we interact and respond to others, our kindness shows them the love of God and he changes them. He rescues them from a pit of despair. He rescues them. That's why it's important. That's why he's saying, share the hope, tell your story, but always be kind and pleasant and respectful. Always be kind and pleasant and respectful. But Josh, you don't know. I know I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> Write it down. Cross it out. Give it to God. Let go of it. Amen? Amen. 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 You and I, we have a story to tell. We've all gone through suffering. And we can all give an explanation of the hope that we have in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Be gentle and be respectful as you share the hope with the world around you. For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 Fifth Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa, 50501. Or you can call us at 515-955-6222.